yo, yo, Spidey! Johnny Storm of the world-famous Fantastic Four. What on earth are you doing in Queens? What, I can't be in Queens? I have to be here, but you? Go save the world. Oh, I got a better idea. What do you say, uh, quick race around Queens? What is this? You think just because you can fly in a streak of fire, ooh, you can beat me? <laughs> I do believe that's what I'm saying. Then I've got two words for you. Bring it on. Rest in peace, Johnny Storm. I'm sure you'll be back any day now. <laughs> Episode 134 for April 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored each and every month by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example this month is on Amazing Spider-Man number 663. The title of this story is The Ghost of Gene DeWolf. And it features Eddie Brock back as Anti-Venom and Mr. Negative going up against Spidey. The cover price for this book is $3.99. Mail Order Comics has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, Spider Webheads, to the April Spring Edition of the Crawl Space Podcast. Let's introduce the panel. We've got the original crew back. We've got Kevin. Welcome back, Kevin, from the Marion Crawl Space webcomic and aspiring actor. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to be back. I missed you guys. Yeah, well, we've all missed you too, and we want to give a special round of applause to Kevin for uh, he's a little under the weather, and he originally canceled today, but he pulled through, and he's on the line. So thank you for. Pulling through, buddy. Yeah, well, I apologize for the way I sound, but I'm glad to be here anyway. Well, for Barry White, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, we've also got Zach from SpideyKicksButt.com. The site's down, sir. What was Barry that? White. I just had to do it. Um, yeah, the site is down. It will be down for probably another month. Um, I will say this. I'm going to be joining the ranks of, of the Spider-Man Crawl Space and going to Fat Cow yeah. uh, in June. So, so you're going to clone what I do? Right, I'm going to clone what you do. <laughs> uh, and, this, and this clone fan is extremely happy. Yes, we're going to talk about why you're extremely happy coming up. But uh, we also got on the panel Mr. Michael Bailey from Views from the Long Box. Welcome, sir. Hello there. And I just recently listened to you and your wife talk about All-Star Superman. Haven't seen the movie, but I listened to the podcast. That was a lot of fun. I'm yeah. getting a, a every every time Rachel comes on, I get a good bit of feedback. And now that she has her hot top, and we can record, and I, it not sound like you know a fifth grader recording his class recital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. Welcome, young lady. Thanks. Did some uh, bicycle maintenance this morning. So you did. was your bike? Yeah, I did. No, no, I was just you know checking the tires and. Uh, Greasing up the the chain and everything. Not going to touch it. Uh, <laughs> welcome, JR. <laughs> SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I thought you were going to credit me with SpideyDude.com since you credited Zach with SpideyKicksButt.com. Did, did, uh, did I have a, 
had a senior <laughs> moment right there? <laughs> yes, most definitely, but it's forgivable, right. so that's all right. Oh, I think we've updated in the same amount of time there, JR. <laughs> probably so, probably so. Yeah. Sad thing is that Zach doesn't even know his site well enough to have noticed. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and Kevin's Yeah, back. that 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 was slow. Have you bought my groin is hurting already? Have you, Welcome yeah. back, Kevin. Have you <laughs> trimmed the front yard like Chris Claremont in X Men Three yet? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I said, I'm not have sure you... I want to touch that one. <laughs> I said, have you busted out the lawnmower like Chris Claremont did as a cameo in X Men Three? Oh, oh, I see. Not yet, but uh, the time the time is coming. Uh, it's uh, winter just won't give give uh, release its grip here in Northeast Ohio. So, uh, but uh, but it's definitely getting closer. I uh, brought out my lawnmower last week, and uh, that lawnmower is a year old, and the blade fell off, and now I'm screwed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got that's not being used here in Texas. There, uh, if you ask a man about trimming the front lawn, I don't think. <laughs> well, Brad, that's what you get for ordering your lawnmower on Amazon. That's all I'm going to say on there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! True. Uh, let's start. Let's start. Let's uh, start with uh, some spider news. Uh, the new information that we have is that uh, this summer there's going to be a Spider-Man event called Spider Island, where there's like a ghost thing made of smoke, and then there were two brothers, and never mind. Anyway, this one, evidently, everybody on New York, uh, in New York, gets spider powers. Hence, why we saw Mary Jane climbing the walls in the uh, that cameo, or that little teaser a few months ago. Uh, some preview art that came out. We've got uh, the Statue of Liberty with the Spider-Man face. We've got the Shocker, Zappin' Spidey, and we also have a very cool image. Well, I guess this is the uh, New Avengers, uh, all in spider outfits. So Thing has one. Zach will like that uh, Spider-Woman has a Ben Riley top. Yes. Uh, uh, who who has the other clone? Oh, the Black Panther. Yeah, Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger, everybody in spider garb. And, of you course, got, uh, you know, Luke Cage in the black costume because, well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, and and uh, cloak uh, is in the black outfit too. The uh, Luke Cage is in the negative zone costume. Yeah, so, well, and cloak. And uh, you got the um, Spider-Man Unlimited costume with Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Green Lantern uh, uh, armor with oh. cap on it. And the image that everyone is talking about is that the Jackal is back. So, Zach, what do you think of the Jackal coming back? We haven't seen him in, what, 15 years? Oh, no, no. He did have an appearance in a miniseries with Daredevil and Punisher. No explanation as to why he's still alive, but he did appear there. Um, And I'm sure Dan Slott, because Dan Slott wants to have a continuity gasm, like he does (laughs) every other uh, (laughs) issue of Amazing Spider-Man, he'll probably bring that up. But uh, very happy. Um, Yeah. As I when I did the press release and my little thoughts, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be seeing the 1970s Jackal as opposed to the 1990s Jackal. Well, they're both bit. interested in clones. I mean, yes, um, it kind of does make sense given the fact that uh, you've got the bit the, uh, the all the trades that have come out so far. So the entire first half of Clone Saga has been collected in trades. So great timing, and it's a great time to be a clone fan. So I, I, I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, just like I am with any event. But uh, we'll see what. Do happens. you think uh, Miles Warren is the person in the lab next to him? 
At Hor- yes. Is it Horizon it, Labs? Is that where he was? Yeah, Horizon Labs. Yeah. It, it has to be. It has to be Miles. Um, very interesting because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how the dynamic will be with the mind wipe. Mm. If the Jackal knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and Norman Osborn doesn't, yeah, there is no suck. justice in this world. <laughs> True. And I say that as a Jackal fan. How's that going to work? Because um, because he cloned Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. And well, when did he learn that Spider-Man was Peter Parker? Oh. I need Bertoni right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> JR, do you know or anybody? Well, supposedly, yeah. if you uh, read that uh, web of... Web of Scarlet Spider, I think, number one or something, mm-hmm. annual oh, or God. something or other. Yeah. Um, Warren uh, Warren was hiding in the bushes or something and, and watched Peter change into Spider-Man. Um, they didn't exactly articulate, I don't think, I don't remember when if they articulated exactly when in continuity I it happened. I, but uh, I don't think in the Conway run it was ever addressed. Uh, when he yeah. found out well, he was one way or another, he cloned the guy, and he can't clone somebody without seeing their face. So he yeah. knew when the yeah, and yeah, that's weird. Well, that's really that, weird. That, by the way, anybody that wants to go out and search for that web of Scarlet Spider number one, pass. It's Just actually going to be collected in the upcoming uh, trade. Yes, uh, Kev, what do you think of the Spider Island news? Well, you know how I've been trying not to bash things so much lately, right? This presents a real challenge. <laughs> Um, I I don't know the. Uh, let, let me just put it this way: the last time they put out an event where there were millions of spider people in New York and the jackal was behind it, it was called Maximum Clonage. <laughs> <laughs> maximum Clonage. That nope. does not set a good precedent at all. Bailey, are you excited? Not really, and and that's not me being pithy or anything like that. I just. Uh, is this really the best you can come up with? Are we so tapped out for ideas for big events that somebody suggested everybody gets Spider-Man's powers and no one said you need to leave and go think of something else? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it'll be exciting. I, I think it's very telling what these people think of Shang-Chi when they give him the Spider-Man Unlimited costume. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here's the negative zone one, Luke. Sweet Christmas! Okay, here's the Ben Riley one, Jessica. Eh, it's okay, but I look good in a sweatshirt. Shang-Chi, here's the cartoon everyone hates. <laughs> so, and, and the Hulk got the Iron Spider-Man costume. Why does the Hulk have a Spider-Man costume? I don't know. Shouldn't why he have, like, just the ripped pants? Why, I mean, why, seriously. The Hulk doesn't need an iron suit, first off. He's yeah. strong enough. Well, <laughs> and, and, and you also, for, you know... Grins. He was also known as the Scarlet Spider in that, or they were known as the Scarlet Spiders in that spider in that Iron Spire costume. So oh, there's three different Ben Riley represented costumes in that picture, which made me chuckle. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to comment on you know I'm not going to say it's going to suck or it's going to be the best thing ever because obviously we you know it's not come out yet. I mean, um, it's a it's it's interesting that this is their their free comic book day thing. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'll be picking it up there, and I, you know, I, I, are Gerard and I reviewing that, or... The yes. first comic book day? Yeah. Does it say Amazing Spider-Man on it? Uh, special so. issue of Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Could you say that again and not sound like my real boss, please? 
Does it say Amazing Spider-Man on it, dumbass? <laughs> so your boss is right Oh, wow, me. that's funny. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, you know, again, I, I have to say the, the one cover image, I'm sorry, Brad, I don't mean to interrupt you, uh, of, of the Statue of Liberty with the Spider-Man face is actually kind of cool looking. So uh, I, I can't make fun of it because there's not really all that much to make fun of. And it's either going to be good or it's just going to end up being like one of those things. It's what was that thing? Maximum security. Oh, oh God. We haven't heard from Stella yet. What do you think? You excited? You kind of blase? What? Oh, well, I've been stocking up, you know, just for this event on anti spider spray. So very excited <laughs> about that. No, I, I don't know. Well, Maybe like that's sense. really dumb. That didn't make sense. Um, <laughs> I got it. It's, it's, I don't, it's weird. In my opinion, this is very strange. You would think that, I remember, you know, however many years ago One More Day was, everyone was thinking, oh, 666, because it's, you know, that evil sign that this will be when we learn everything or something will be. Well, guess what, folks? That's not going to (laughs) happen. So it's just interesting to also compare it to DC and Batman. And this was a huge time. It was RIP, but it was just kind of a big press thing anyways. But this compared to Batman is... Uh, it seems like, yeah, it, it doesn't really uh, match up. I guess we'll find out. I, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I have low expectations for yeah. this. Okay, Brad, one yeah. more note I wanted to make. Okay. Maybe made the pithy comment about the uh, costume, about the cartoon that everybody, everybody hates. Yeah. It actually does have precedence in the comic books. Web Spinner's Tales of Spider-Man number 13 didn't he go to the negative zone after Carnage? Went to the negative zone, yep. Yeah, I remember and, that. And uh, was wearing that pith- that wonderful costume. Yep. Um, but one one more thing on the creativity side, though. Mm-hmm. Didn't somebody on our board point out that within the past year they've hulked out the heroes and they've now given them Thor's hammer and mm. fear itself, and now everybody's getting spider powers? Yeah, it's true. It, yeah, but who read Hulked Out Heroes? I mean, seriously, I own them, and I haven't read it. True. I, I do, I too. I own it, I haven't read it either. <laughs> and I've not read Fear Itself either, so I guess I still haven't been spoiled. We haven't heard from JR. Are you excited to have the 70s back a little bit, JR? <laughs> Are you a fan of the Jackal? Well, well, uh, actually, I, I did like the Jackal in his original uh, um, Appearance, you know, I mean, when he was uh, Miles Warren wearing a goofy costume, and uh, you know, I did not care for Shaggy Jackal at all um, <laughs> in the Clone Saga, and um, I, so you know, basic. And this is this is one of those cases where um, I don't care how if if he truly is back, just wearing a costume. This is one of those times that I don't need an explanation. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't care. Just glad to have you know that abomination uh, uh, of the Clone Saga or his appearance and attitude during the Clone Saga gone. So you know, it's like Mysterio coming back. I don't care. You know, I mean, something something dumb was undone, and, and that's fine. Uh, Spider Island. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 almost like. Uh, you know what is is Spider-Man going to be Gilligan? You know, and uh, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> and the thing you know, is the I mean, skipper. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, what a revolt and develop. You know, I mean, it's Mary Jane's I, I, ginger. Get it? Oh, yeah. 
Yep. There you go. There you go. Carly's Marianne. There you go. Hey, we could do that actually. That'd be funny. Yeah. And uh well, the professor. Well, you know, my uh, either Kurt Connors. Well, no, Kurt Connors is uh, the lizard permanently now. There is there is no Connors. Well, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna go for the professor, you go what who Alex Ross used to draw Reed Richards in Marvels, which was oh, well, the I, professor from Gilligan's Island. Oh, well, I didn't right. know that. God, really. That's funny. Wasn't Uh, it Mr. Bailey that was talking last month that you're upset that in Spider-Man's solo book that uh, he's having to share it like a team book? Yeah, I was actually just writing about that for the review of the latest issue. Yeah. So it looks like you're going to have more of that. Yeah, and I'm going to have to stop talking about it because everyone's going to be like, you just keep repeating yourself. And, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, is it going to be all of this in his own book with the other heroes, or is it going to be like all the other heroes have their own either miniseries or, or, you know, cause, cause you got fear itself going on at the same time. There's like f- going to be like five or six different sub-tier books of fear itself. Anyway, uh, let's move on. I think we talked that one out. Uh, it was also announced in March that, uh, the new Spider-Girl, with uh, Aranya, which is the former Aranya, uh, has been canceled after eight issues. Uh, she had really poor sales, and there's a lot of things that we can talk about. That is the character. Is it hard to launch a new character in this market? Did they launch it uh, too soon after May- Mayday was canceled? <coughs> <laughs> you started last time, Zach. Let's get somebody new. Stella, I know you didn't pick up Spider Girl, but. No. Uh, what do you think of this? Is it hard to launch a new character in this month? I don't think a new character is an issue because, I mean, if people are willing to pick up comic books and a character seems interesting, then they'll go for it. Yeah. If these people, um, and, I mean, it's easy. They want people to hop on, too, because that's why we had that point one thing, right, so that we yeah. get new readers. But if the majority of readers were getting their, um, I guess, idea of this character from the Spider-Man issue, then I can see mm-hmm. why it failed, because I don't think any of us really liked the character in there. I think that also, because she was given the name, quote, Spider-Girl, end quote, yeah. that was probably a thorn in many people's sides, since she was not the actual Spider-Girl that many people loved. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I I really just don't like the backup issues in Captain America with uh, Ricky Barnes, and I kind of connect yeah. those two together almost. So I I'm not really surprised. Uh, you know, if anything, I'd I'd like to see the actual the original Spider Girl come back, but we know that that has uh, its own issues as well. And to Bailey, why can DC support female characters more than Marvel? I mean, Wonder Woman's been out there for decades. Uh, Supergirl has her own well, title. Why well, can't thing- Spider-Man get a girl title? Um, I, I think, well, one, you know, comparing Wonder Woman to Aranya <laughs> is is kind of like, you know, comparing <laughs> Barry Bonds. Well, maybe he's a bad one to use as an example now. But, uh, you know, comparing like a Major League Baseball player to a Little Leaguer. How about uh, Robert De Niro to Jean-Claude Van Damme? Okay, that works. But, but okay. <laughs> beyond that, you know, I was actually about to make, you know, I was going to make my pithy comment that if she had the, if she was tied into Batman, she'd still be being published. Yeah. Um, because Batman has like a thousand satellite titles going on right now. But I don't know. Maybe Supergirl is kind of ingrained in the public consciousness. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I won't say because of the movie, because everyone remembers the movie, everyone speaks fondly of the movie, but most of that is, wow, Helen Slater was really hot in the costume. <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait, somebody speaks fondly of that movie? It's pretty bad, but things. everybody knows about it. Awful exactly. movie. Um, that I've seen three versions of. Um, really? Yes. I, own that, you, I own that DVD too, Bailey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with the, you. <laughs> but I, I, I don't want to know what DVD y'all are referring to because uh, it's the limit, fifty thousand print run from what Anchor Bay. Yeah, Anchor Bay put it. Wow, out. I'm sad. I know that. So <laughs> yeah, they limited it to that many, and not even all those were bought. I'm sure. Well, two of them are owned by <laughs> Bailey and myself. <laughs> <laughs> but to, but to go to the heart of your question, I, yeah. I think the main problem here is it's not that a female character can't get a title. It's that the one that they keep, like, the one that they chose to back in this case is not a really strong character. Mm-hmm. I mean, can I don't even really know who Aranya is. And that's not to say that, you know, that's probably because I just haven't read all that much about her. Isn't she the one from the, the reboot back in 98? Is that her? No, that's, that's, uh, Maddie, that was... that's Maddie Franklin, who was okay. in the Spider-Woman title by Byrne. Yeah. Um, see, <laughs> I was with that. Um, I just think that she wasn't a character to put into a title. If you put out like a really kick-ass, because uh, the Spider Woman title that came out a couple years ago was just a mini series, right? That wasn't an ongoing. It was solicited as an ongoing, but they backed out. Yeah, that was canceled because the creators couldn't keep doing it, not because of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's my point, is that if you put out, if, if Bendis could have kept that up, that title would still, being, still be being published today. Maybe not written by Bendis, but she is a strong enough character to support her own title. I don't think Aranya was. I, I guess if there was a fault in this, it's I, I guess they should have created yet another Spider-Girl. And not have a backstory of Aranya. You, you, you think that would be more successful? Anybody? Well, the less association you have with previously canceled, badly received characters, the better, I would say. I, <laughs> wow. That sums the whole damn thing up right there. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, but I, 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 having a daughter, I would like her to be able to read a Spider Girl book. And I, she doesn't have that option. If, if she wanted to get like a, I, and I wish they would market Spider Girl stuff. Like I wish there would be if I could go to a store and get a pink spider emblem or something on a T-shirt for her. I can't. I can get a Supergirl outfit. Well, that's the problem. That's one of the big problems. <clears throat> is they've never tried to make her a brand. You know, exactly. I mean, Spider Man's yeah. a brand. Batman and Batgirl are both brands. Brand yeah. is not. Don't yeah. be surprised when Disney starts, you know, milking the cow. That but, there. But there was a pink Spider Girl costume out last Halloween. Well, yeah, yeah, there was, but I'm t- not. It, it, You're talking like the little teeny bopper Walmart, yeah, little section where there's a pink Spider Girl, co- uh, like a Spider Man symbol, about, like on a pink. T-shirt. I'm not thinking of talking about teens yet. I'm talking about Ava's age. I'm talking about like oh, okay. a year, or two years. You can get, I can get pink stuff very rarely, but it's got Spider Man on it. I wish it had Mayday Parker or some somebody, etc. But. I just wish it, it the the name Spider Girl was more successful. 
I guess. And I actually read the first four issues of Spider-Girl, of Aranya's book, and it wasn't that bad. I thought their artwork's pretty solid, and the writing wasn't bad. But Well, it got good reviews, but yeah. I mean, really, who was expected to take a chance on this series? Besides a webmaster of a Spider-Man site, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the people reviewing it for said site. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, JR, what do you think? Well, um, the question was whether or not new characters can survive in this market. I, I'm not sure they can at 3.99. Uh, when everybody's budgets stretch pretty thin, and uh, retailers are very uh, skittish about taking a chance on on something, unless it's just you know got success written all over it or something, or or has a uh, really popular creative team behind it. Um, I just don't see any. You know, I just think that any new character uh, has a, a tough road to hoe. Uh, but the problem, another problem, though, is that, I mean, as much as we loved, you know, Mae Parker as Spider-Girl, I mean, the title was not successful. I mean, uh, sales just kept sinking and sinking and sinking, and I think, I don't know if they fell under 15000 or not, but they were headed that way. Yeah. So the Spider-Girl yeah. name was not a successful brand. And then Aranya herself was not successful as a solo character. So basically, you know, it's one of those things where you wonder what, what people are smoking because <laughs> why Marvel thought they could take two relatively unsuccessful concepts, marry them together, and come up with a successful concept yeah. <laughs> uh, boggles, boggles the imagination. Um, and, and I don't know that, you know, and I don't know that people really like I don't know. I mean, DC success notwithstanding, you know, I mean, <laughs> Spider-Woman and She-Hulk have not really supported a title for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure that a Spider-Woman title would be that successful, although I agree with Mr. Bailey that Jessica Drew is a much stronger character. Um, if you're going to, and I think maybe if Bendis wrote it, it would be successful. But, uh, you know, if Bendis wasn't writing it, I'm not so sure it would be. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think people necessarily like knockoff characters. At least, at least Marvel knockoff characters. It, is Supergirl successful at DC, Michael? I mean, does she sell well? Um, I, I, I haven't seen the sales. I haven't seen the sales figures, yeah. but she's up to like over issue 60 at this point. And, and Stella, does Batgirl sell well? Yes. Really? Like, what level compare it to Marvel? I wonder. Oh, is it like I don't a pu- know. Punisher sales or, or like I don't know. Well, yeah, the thing is, too, those know. are uh, those are also iconic. <laughs> In a way, they are. They're not. They're also kind of iconic names and characters. I mean, they've been around since what the fifties. Yep. I mean, uh, I mean, Supergirl definitely has been around since the fifties. Um, and Batgirl, in one form or another, has been around, I think, since the 50s. Uh, she wasn't originally Barbara Gordon. She was another. But, I mean, those, you know, and everybody growing up remembers those names, yeah. remembers those characters. I mean, if you watch the 60s Batman TV show, you remember mm-hmm. Bat. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. the, where, exactly. Whereas, whereas, <laughs> whereas the Marvel, Marvel knockoffs, I mean, don't have that kind of, uh, you know, they don't have that history. They don't have that track record. They don't have that, uh, you know, nostalgia factor. Yeah. So, Zach, you know. Zach course, we haven't heard the, from uh, you. Oh. And you're, well, our biggest, you're our biggest Spider-Girl fan. Um, I, I didn't give this title a chance because I felt like it was way too soon. Yeah. To, you know, they, they canceled the Spider-Girl title, and not six months after that, they announced Aranya's, not only is she... Is, are we getting rid of Madam Web and 
Je- uh, Julia Carpenter becomes Madam Web. You got um, <clears throat> Aranya taking her costume and taking on the on the name Spider Girl. So everything that made her unique is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take two failed characters. You try to three failed characters really with Julia Carpenter. Try to match them all into one character. It's not going to work. It's like it's like throwing throwing you know dog crap against the wall and seeing if it sticks. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so sure. you got. Three fail concepts. Try to throw them all together and see if it, you can make a winner out of that. It, it's not going to work. Yeah, Kevin, what were you going to say? I was just thinking that uh, it, the quick cancellation kind of makes me wonder about the ways they were trying to cross promote it. Because mm-hmm. you notice they were throwing all kinds of characters in there to try to get you to buy it. So the fact that people didn't buy it makes me wonder if anybody does care about Anna Craven or Phil Ura Cobb Goblin because they clearly didn't boost the sales at all. Yeah. Okay. All right. I should, well, I just looked up really quickly, and Batgirl yeah. is uh, she's selling. She's eighty on the ranking list. Supergirl's ninety-two, and Batgirl is just below X Factor. If that gives you okay. any idea of what's going on. Okay. Well, that's pretty successful, I would think. I mean, a lot better than Aranya. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, we're going to tackle some iTunes reviews. I ask every month for people to log into their iTunes account and put some reviews for us, and so far. Uh, four people hate us. So uh, I'm going to read the negative with the positive. This month we have no positives. So let's uh, get taken the task by the Red Ranger. He, his subject is a cynical look at fun comics. Three out of five stars. This sh- Quote, this show is either a review show that looks at comics released months ago through the eyes of fans who are not easily satisfied and overly reminiscent of their personal creative glory days of Spider-Man. Quite often what will... They make assumptions and predictions that are presented as facts, such as, I know this character will die, or this creator is only trying to do X. And quite often are these assumptions either false or misguided. Their review system sometimes boils down to using remarks found on the Internet, such as utter crap or epic fail. The podcast will also cover news, but rarely has anything nice to say about recent events. They will also take a look back at comics from decades ago, which involves the elder panelist, poor JR, <laughs> talking about how terrible comics in the early 90s were while insulting his wife. <laughs> the panelist... <laughs> The That's pan- great. Isn't That's that great? great. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's got one fan. Uh, the panelists will then, quote, hit up a phrase used by the host in almost every episode around 20 times. Hit up yours. Uh, message board uh, questions from their website. The questions are from the same board members every month and therefore lack sense of variety. Panelists are usually asked about vampires, clones, literature, other comics, <laughs> nor not. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. The, ho- the host also has a hard time reading some of the questions aloud as he goes through them very fast and ends up making at least three Freudian slips an episode. <laughs> Only three? Yeah. Uh, most of these are not complaints but observations of things that can get tiring after a while. Brad is good-spirited but absent-minded at critical moments. <laughs> <laughs> Stella is smart and witty, but concerned mostly with other comics. Kevin can come across as being a a know-it-all, but has a good voice for radio. (laughs) I liked Michael a lot. He's one of my favorite voices in the comic podcasting. JR is mostly too apathetic to contribute anything modern. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh jeez, this is this is no god. Zach tries too hard to be funny. <laughs> oh my god! I like Spider-Man, and I want to like this show more. Not quite Zach voice, epic fail. Big fail. But not yet Michael voice. Freaking epic awesome! Fail. Oh, freaking. <laughs> Right. No, yours is freaking awesome. Yours is freaking awesome. There you freaking go. Awesome. Freaking there awesome. you go. <laughs> hey, that one was kind of positive compared to this next guy. Oh, uh, gosh. I will say this. Yeah. That it's a very well thought out review. It may not have been positive, yeah. but that guy put a lot of thought, or girl, uh, put a lot of thought into yeah, I, what, what they were saying. And I appreciate I'll appreciate a critical review as long as it has something to say, and it's not just you guys suck. Yeah. One thing, though, <laughs> like one one serious response. Sure. Is if you don't think there's enough variety in the questions, ask us some. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. 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 And another thing about that review I, I find interesting is that we talk about comics released months ago. I, I don't get that. I mean, uh, Yeah, that would always be last month. <laughs> yeah, I just don't get that. Well, because by the time we, we do the recording, not all the of that current month's issues are out. This particular time they are, but not all the issues are out right now. Yeah. Well, and we get our comics in a monthly <coughs> box from mail order, so yeah. we don't have any from this month yet. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay, uh, one out of four people found that review helpful. He gave us three stars. Let's let's give the guy credit. He gave yeah. us three stars, right. even though he thinks I'm not funny, and I'm sorry that I... And he, uh, and he thinks I have a Freudian slip. Well, the show's early. Well, he uh, was right about that. <laughs> Mr. Zirok uh, wrote this on April 1st, so I don't know if he's trying to April fool us, but uh, he gave us two out of five stars. How about not being lame? Question mark. It's his subject title. Quote, I've tried so hard to like this podcast and its host, but listening to these fanboys cry about how nothing can ever satisfy their purest standards and the eye of the beholder pedestal that have all ascended to in their minds from which they condemn everyone and everything. Well, it gets very annoying fast. The girl is the only one on the panel that isn't a bitter tool bag. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Or rambles forever instead of getting to the point. Nothing about the show is funny, except when the old guy... Uh, the old guys, uber geeks, try and sound tough, hip, or cool, but that comes off more sad than funny. <laughs> Speaking of sad, it is very unfortunate. This is the is this is like the only up to date podcast on current Spider Man that is cast frequently and regularly. Perhaps if they replaced everyone on the show, it would be a good <laughs> listen. Until then, enough said. Dear no. Mr. Zurok. Yeah. Start your own show! I, wow, you, you really took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. If you don't like this show, uh, don't listen, because you are you can have your money back if you'd like, uh, because you pay nothing to listen to it. Your, your free time is worth a lot more than listening to this show if you hate it. So feel free to stop listening and start your own show and try to make it better than this one. Well, and can I say, yeah. how is it that nothing can meet our purest standards when how many A's have I given out? They People like to focus on the negative. They, yeah, I was they, about to say that. Yeah, Pe- people you know. focus on the negative. They don't hear Rocker. the positive things that are said. They only zoom in on the negative. But I really, Mr. Zirok, if you don't like the show, please start your own. I would encourage you to. You know, uh, anybody else? That, yeah, something that occurs to me is, 
it's one of these things where you kind of wonder, well, exactly what are you complaining about? The comment, <laughs> the comment about the old guy trying to sound hip. I mean, <laughs> I, although he did say old guys plural, so I guess you guys who are over 30 are also old too. Yeah. But I mean, isn't the joke that I'm not hip, for example? I mean, that's kind of the shtick, you know, and yeah, so dude. when, so when would I have tried to sound hip? I mean, because that's kind of the, 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 the thing is that, is that I'm not hip. But that's kind of like where you say, okay, fine, you've made a, you've made a, a comment or criticism. Mm-hmm. Please cite, please cite an example. Oh, he, you know? yeah. So. Well, right, when you start a review with the title, how about not being lame? We mm-hmm. don't really think constructive criticism is coming our way. No. Absolutely not. Anybody else thoughts before I read the next one? We got two more. All right. Uh, the next one is, uh, pig headed killer. Oh, dear. <laughs> With one <laughs> out of five stars, posted on April 8th. Uh, quote, I love this podcast, but after last episode, I can't listen anymore. Maybe if the host got some less homophobic people to join him, I wouldn't have to leave it. So I don't know what he's talking about on that. Kevin, do you know? Uh, I didn't listen to the last episode yet. I wasn't on the last episode, so I can't comment what happened there, but... Uh... The last episode I was on, didn't I go on a long rant about how the comic book companies need to do a better job of, you know, representing gay characters? Yeah, we, like there was I mean, there was a message board question, and you were talking about how the two two main companies, Marvel and DC, need more gay characters. I mean, I personally and that take that doesn't seem homophobic, homophobic to me. Is, what? I personally take great offense to being called a homophobe. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. My mom is gay. Hmm. There is there is no cause in the world socially more important to me than gay rights. I have no idea how the fuck I am called a homophobe. So, yeah, I take offense to that, and I don't think he's actually listening. I don't think so either. He, it well, might I, be one of those things that if somebody referred to something as gay, uh, which I don't remember, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only time I've ever had anything remember anything being said that was like possibly homophobic was when JR was making a joke about the bromance in 598 that uh, started I'm sorry I think what he's talking about because he referenced the last episode I think what he's referring to is when George and I got into the conversation about whether or not Roderick Kingsley was gay, because mm-hmm. uh, I said that Roger Stern said he wasn't, and George, and George was saying, but he wore an ascot. Oh. An ascot! <laughs> uh, you know, but, so did Freddy from Scooby-Doo. I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and, but yeah. the, the thing is, that wasn't homophobic. That might have been, you know, I mean, stereotyping. For example, but it wasn't it wasn't homophobic. So that's um, again that's kind of he's he's kind of stretching there. And it, it, as uh, Red Ranger said, it'd be it, it'd be better if you wrote it wrote your insult more intelligently or witty. I would think. But to just say I'm not well, he's not listening to the show anymore anyway. So let's move on. Uh, Kimbrose Bread wrote on April eighth. Uh, the subject title, obviously, I'm not the target audience. One out of five stars. Quote, if you're looking for a group of grown people complaining that the Spider-Man comics coming out now don't compare it to the Spider-Man comics of their use, 
of their ute, ute, then I guess you found your podcast. When a product no longer satisfies my needs or isn't any good, I simply no longer buy it. That doesn't seem to apply to comic book readers, apparently. Couple in every panelist conservative Midwest views on sexuality, race, and politics, and you're in for a super fun hour of closed-minded negativity. Who wants that one? Oh, I want okay, this Jr. One Jr. Would you not call me a limp-wristed liberal? <laughs> <laughs> since when am I? Since when am I a conservative Midwestern? <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, I, I, now I remember using that term more than once, so, uh, but uh, it's been a long time. So, <laughs> I think we've got a good representation of different political viewpoints on this cast. Yeah. It's freaking Spider-Man. It's freaking comic books, people. Oh we try. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I, As a guy, would... it's naturally political. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'd um, I'd like to address the, you know, if you don't like something, you know, stop reading it thing. Go ahead. Uh, I gave up the Superman comics last year. I came back to it this month. And the main reason I did that was the character meant so much to me that I couldn't stay away. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a Big Mac. This isn't a certain type of cereal or a certain type of soda. This isn't a, a, a business that provides you a service. When you are emotionally invested enough in a character, fictional or a person in reality, though that usually res- re- results in a restraining order. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you're when you that tied up in something, you, you know, saying just walk away is, is all well and good, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just can't. Brad's been in this since he was a fetus. Uh, <laughs> JR's been in it longer since, than all of us. Since cave rocks. <laughs> Since I wasn't going to make, make an old joke. <laughs> yeah. um, ageism, you know, ageism. <laughs> you know, I'm relatively new to the character, but I still really like him. And, and Stella, Jr. and uh, not Jr. Uh, Zach and and uh, Kevin, you know, all have been reading the character for a long period of time. You know, you can't just give up something like that. Because you don't like it. And yeah, you know, the, the, the common complaint I'm hearing among all these reviews is everything was better when we were younger. And that's not quite true. Things look a lot better now, you know, com- compared to some of the Superman stories from 2002. Uh, I thought that the Electric Blue Superman thing was freaking Citizen Kane compared to that. But, <laughs> well, that's what we, t- what we talk about with the Burn Mackey reboot. Yeah. I mean, nothing is as bad as that. But some of the late Clone Saga was horrible. Compared, oh, well, not the late Clone Saga. You're talking about the uh, middle of the Clone Saga, yeah. Well, yeah, the se- Planet of the Symbiotes and the, when <sighs> Ben Riley got his own title and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this stuff that. is freaking Shakespeare compared to that. When yeah. you're, when you, but when you are reviewing something, a comparison is going to be made. Is that comparison made month after month? Yeah, but the comparison is still there. How does this stack up compared to what I know as what I like out of a Spider-Man title? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, well, you just like things from when you were a kid is just getting so overused by people because it's getting used by people that, no offense to three of the members of this panelist, are in their early 20s and don't have the perspective that some of the older readers have. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's all well and good if you're just starting in on this. Well, why don't you like anything? You just like things from when you were a kid. Yeah, talk to me in 20 years. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's Very all good. I have to say about Very that. Good. I mean, I mean, Kevin, Kevin, you started reading what? 2002? Regularly in 2004. 2004. Stella, you started reading regularly. Uh, yeah, about 2005 when Infinite 2000. Crisis was going on. Yeah. Okay. I started reading in 1996. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, Stella and Kevin are still fairly new, but they've read all the, I mean, everything, seems like now. <laughs> um, especially Kevin. Stella, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm making the assumption. You know, I do a podcast every single month talking about my my childhood with the Clone Saga. And I'll tell you right now, every single unlimited issue that we've reviewed has gotten across the board Fs. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if, I've heard um, if I was to sit there and have rose-colored glasses, everything would be getting an A. But <clears throat> I, I give it pro- I, I give it probably the same grades I give I give you know Spider Man now. No. Until we get to the Ben Riley era, and then I'm probably gonna uh, then I will be viewing the rose-colored glasses, and I'll probably be giving everything an A. But that's okay because yeah. it's my show. Yeah, but I just read that stuff like a year ago, and I would still give most of it an A. So, where are you going to say, Jr.? Yeah, I, I excuse me. I uh, I kind of want to take issue with the uh, you know we're we're looking to relive our childhood, or nothing was as good as we, when we were kids. Uh, actually, that's kind of the the tactic that uh, Marvel itself is taking. <laughs> you know, they all yeah. want Peter Parker to be back when you know, so uh, you know, back the way he was when they were kids. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, you know they're far more guilty of it than we are. But it, it, one, that's not. I mean, it's not true. Be, I mean, I think one thing that people you know, kind of seized on is, for example, both Brad and I are very fond of the Stern era. Yeah. And we've commented more than once that we like the Roger Stern era. But the Roger Stern era is considered, you know, by many people, you know, uh, far and wide as one of the best runs on Spider-Man, period. Yep. You know, it isn't the fact that, you know, Brad was a kid and therefore he likes that era or, you know, the fact that I was about the same age as Peter Parker at that time. I mean, you know, for, you know, like the, the Juggernaut story, uh, who, who could stop the Juggernaut uh, and the Hobgoblin origin are often in a lot of different people's, <clears throat> excuse me, top ten list of all Spider-Man stories. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, we talk a lot about the Stern era, but it's, it's universally recognized. Now, if you heard me continually talking about, uh, you know, Lynn Wein or something like that, his era, or Jerry Conway or something, you know, I mean, <clears throat> but, but, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that might have a little bit more, uh, validity, uh, but, uh, but Stern's is considered to be a great run by people yeah. a lot more knowledgeable than us. So that that particular argument, uh, you know, holds no water. Yeah, and like I said earlier, if really if you if you don't have to listen to the show, I mean, and I encourage people to start their own podcast. We've only got a couple Spider-Man shows out there already. Most got, of them are tied to this show. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you don't like what what, what you're hearing right now, mm-hmm. go read amazing, go listen to Amazing Spider-Man Classics with John Wilson and, and Josh Bertoni. Yeah. And Don Grant. That's a great show. Brad's been on there several times. So if you want to skip the Brad episodes, if you can't stand, you know, <laughs> listening to Brad. And Jr.'s been on a couple, but that's a great show. That it is an awesome. Goes back and looks. It's like it's like it's like this month in Spider history. Every single yeah. every single episode. 
got really knowledgeable guys that know what they're talking about. You got um, uh, to my own horn. You got Clone Soccer Chronicles talks about a specific era of Spider-Man that's fondly remembered by guys that, that love it. And we and we go into that show knowing full well that ninety percent of the world hates that hates that era of Spider-Man. Yeah. So. Um, and there's one more show out there that just started out. I haven't really listened to it much, but the spectacular Spider-Cast. Uh, there was a few months of they stopped. Uh, they've got five episodes out, and uh, they record when episode three came out in um, uh, December, and then they had another one come out in uh, March. So you can check that show out too. So there's just type in Spider-Man and search for podcasts, and you can find a couple of them if you don't like this one. Now uh, I encourage people if you are listening to the show and you like the show because I like to read good reviews too. <laughs> feel free to log. It and warms this poor little heart. It warms my lucky charms if you have a nice review. And you know what? I I don't mind bad ones if you if you kind of like the Red Ranger did uh, earlier. If you cite examples and uh, etc. But anyway, go log into iTunes, write a review. Let's tackle. Uh, we're we're going to do our reviews now, <laughs> and Woo-hoo. we're going to have pros and cons of the comics, not just cons. I just like to say first off, though, that everything was better when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be nearly as good as the JMS era. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> young whippersnappers. I missed the burn era. Uh, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 656, written by Slot Martin, and uh, this is part two of the No One Dies. Part two called Resolve. Uh, basically, Spider-Man goes after this guy called what's his name again? Massacre. Mass- Massacre. Got a big uh, tin plate on his head, kind of like Cousin Eddie and Lampoon's Christmas. Uh, let's start with JR. What do you think of part two with the new Spider-Man suit, etc.? Well, um, it's kind of funny, but I actually like this issue, <laughs> which, uh, you know, coming off uh, these reviews, it says we don't like anything that comes out. Um, I, I, li- I, I like Spider-Man in different costumes. I mean, like I said, Peter's, Peter's smart enough to come up with something, you know, and I like it when the, the, the villain asks, are you bulletproof? I am, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and, uh, and I like I like this story because Spider-Man was decisive and confident. You know, I'm a pretty smart guy, and from here on out, I'll find a way every time. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, I, I mean, I know that you know Peter is insecure by nature and does a lot of navel gazing and and things of that nature. And that that Spider-Man, that's that's his stock and trade. Uh, but it does get overplayed a lot. I mean, it really does get overplayed, and I, I just like it when when Spider-Man is confident uh, and basically, like he says, like he tells the guy, "I'm not going to waste any of my jokes on you. I'm just going to kick your ass." And that's what he does. <laughs> you know, he didn't like quite that. say it. He didn't quite say it that way, but that's what he meant. You know, he just he's and he and he promptly does. Um, so I mean, I, I like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the one thing I had a little trouble with this issue, though, I under, you know, I, you know, I understand Jonah's, uh, kind of bloodlust as a result of, you know, losing his wife in a, to a criminal in a violent crime. Uh, I understand it. But for some reason, it comes off awkward. And I'm not sure why. Um, uh, with the I kid, mean, where he's talking to the kid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, it's one, it's not illegal. <laughs> 
it's not really something you say to a kid for one and two. I mean, he is the mayor, uh, and that I mean, even though Jonah is Jonah. I think he's got a little more sense than that. Um, so that that just and even though like as 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 I've been criticized myself for having that particular point of view, I, I agree with it. But it just really seems awkward coming out of Jonah, and it was, seems like it was executed quite awkwardly. So that would be my con. But overall, I, I gave the story a B. Okay, uh, Kev, what do you think? We haven't heard your reviews in a month. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed. The issue, the the only real problem I had with it was um, the way Ravi talked to Jonah when Jonah was calling him about, you know, I think we can do a we can do more stories on on Marlon. We could do a weekly series, and Ravi's just like, "What the hell are you talking about, dude? We got other news. She's not the story anymore." That was that was not Ravi. Um, so he said, "Sorry, that. old friend," but. It's just the rest of the way he talked about it, he had the what, you know, there was an exclamation point on there, it wasn't just a question, he's saying mm-hmm. bluntly she's not the story, like, dude, she was, you knew her too. Yeah. Um, it just did not fit to me at all, so I didn't like that, but I really enjoyed the rest of it, I liked the portrayal of how much he relies on his uh, spider sense, um, you know, showing all the things that we don't even think about that it connects to, I uh, liked the police were happy to see him. Instead of just, you know, distrusting, you had the random police officer saying, oh, hey, we might actually make it through this now. Um, and, yeah, the, I thought the the origin of the psychotic villain was you know, not all that original, but not all that bad either. It was fine. It worked. Um, so, overall, I'd, I'd give this one a B, and I'd, I'm just knocking it down from an A because of the awful characterization of Robbie. Yeah, And you don't like Martin's art, though, do you? Uh, I tend to have a problem with it because he uh, mostly because of the layouts a lot of times he, he tries too hard for creative layouts mm-hmm. and doesn't try hard enough to let me follow through a page but I didn't really have that problem with this issue okay. so uh, so that was okay cool Stella what'd you think I thought that this was a good month um, oh my gosh three positive reviews Shocking. yeah in, in comparison <laughs> to many you know other Poor months. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think I would always give Marcos Martin uh, pro on the art. I enjoyed it. I like that Spider-Man was inventing a new suit. It seems like he's getting back into his uh, own habits of being a scientist and using his brain power for more than just hitting it against the wall. Um, it's uh, very strange, you know, the <laughs> Spidey without his Spidey sense. Uh, and I don't know if this is a pro or con. It's just hard for me to get used to it. Um, but, it, you know, it is different, and I think it certainly forces him to rely on himself more, and I know that whoever reviewed that I reference other comics or know more about other comics more than Spider-Man may not like this, but it reminded me of the one episode in Batman Beyond where he <laughs> lost the suit, and uh, he, um, yeah, he, he goes just, he has to actually fight the suit, I, I won't go into that, but, you know, it, it makes him rely on himself, and he understands that it's not the suit that um, gives him power, but it's himself. So it kind of rem- reminded me of that. And the con, I think, is the same as what Jr. had. What kind of heart-to-heart was that that, you know, this, this old guy would have with this young guy? And was that really uplifting, and did that help him out? And I mean the shocked face after he said, I'm going to kill him. So, But I would give it an A. I thought it still was well done. Wow. Uh, Mr. Bailey. Um. You know, on one hand, I, I really thought this was a, a good action issue. Uh, it moved at a really good pace. 
which some of the Spider-Man stories don't. Um, like I kind of said in my review, I was kind of surprised that we got the origin of Massacre so quickly, mm-hmm. considering, you know, for a couple of years there, they'd introduce a villain, and then six months later, after you don't care anymore, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they finally give you the origin. 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 Um, I, I, I will also say that he seen, that Massacre seemed more like a Batman villain than a Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it worked for the, for what Slot was trying to do, Massacre worked beautifully because here you have Spider-Man that is nothing but emotion at this point. And then you have Massacre who can't feel anything anymore. Though, what I'm always confused by when, when, when writers pull out these types of characters is, I don't feel anything. So why are you killing people? Because I don't feel anything. <laughs> then why would you want to kill somebody since murder seems to be an emotion? Well, it, it doesn't really matter. Well, no, because you're obviously trying to inflict something on somebody else, which implies that you're feeling something. So, I just... Actually, to my knowledge, that's not all that unrealistic. Because psychopaths, which, you know, people use the word psychopath a lot to deal with just crazy people, but in reality, the term psychopath means somebody that doesn't feel things like the rest of us do. And a lot of times, they will do things like that in an attempt to feel something or push the envelope because nothing is doing anything for them. Whether it be murder or other things I won't go into yeah. detail with. Yeah. They they want to feel something. Um, they, and I'm not saying that's the way it was portrayed here. I'm just saying in general I don't think that's well, an unrealistic portrayal. And I understand that, but that's not what, was, <sighs> at least in comic book terms, that they go for. Yeah, because it's really hard people. in fiction to actually portray someone that doesn't have feelings. You yeah. tend to go more towards the hate and anger side, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I think that the one problem I had with it is, with this story in general, is while all the trappings were really cool, it, it felt kind of one-dimensional to me. Like, you know, Marla dies, and I think like we talked about last month, who really cares? I mean, <laughs> this isn't like Aunt May died again. Or for the first time, or ever. Fifteenth uh, time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think uh, I think we would all feel a little more of Aunt Anna dying violently than Marla, uh, just because of her place in, in Mary Jane's life and Mary Jane's place in. in She's kind of like Marla, though. We haven't seen her in a long time. But having said that, as one-dimensional as I feel it is, it was an enjoyable comic. It was, I had a good time reading it. I, you know, on a visceral level, it was really cool, like JR said, to see Spider-Man go in and just kick somebody's ass for once, you know? And be confident about it, yeah. And I like the fact that he develops the suit not because they want, like, a gimmicky cover like Web 100, but because in the middle of this, he gets shot. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't yeah. have that thing anymore that tells me the bullet's coming. I think I need to armor up. So, um, What's your grade? Uh, I'm going to give it a, a B minus. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it was a little above average, but I still had some problems with it. Okay. Zach? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. 
Dude, it's four positives. Yeah, I know, but uh, they're going to focus on my review. I, I just guarantee it. Positive. <laughs> um, I liked the artwork pretty much throughout. My big issue with the artwork is why is it that Marcos Martin drew this spider armor as, as Spider-Man meets Ronin meets the Spider-Man Unlimited costume thrown together? Um in, in colors that don't make sense to Spider-Man, why is it why is it like a ninja costume? That's one thing. Um, the other thing I really have a big problem with, and I'm just it's probably it's probably this is a culmination of everything with with the way Peter Parker's been portrayed. Why is Peter Parker a dumbass? I mean, he knows his spider sense is gone, and instead of doing something to compensate, he gets shot. All right. Um, that I had a big problem with with the first few pages where Spider-Man falls into a into a car. It's like, really, is Spider-Man? Why do we have to portray Spider-Man's dumbass? Well, here, here's here's my explanation for that. Imagine you get your eyesight taken away. Okay. And don't you, you you're going to be bumbling around a lot, aren't you? Because you rely on that sense. Yeah, but the problem that I have is, is even before the, the taking away of the spider sense, we had to have like a patented slot-worthy groan-inducing moment in the first five pages, mm. and I just I feel like it's like it's like he takes three steps forward and then he has to do like this you know this nonsensical stuff with the whole oh huh, yuck 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 that Parker Luck we use that phrase a lot in, mm-hmm. in amongst the Skype chatters but it's mm-hmm. just to me so i didn't I, I didn't like it okay what's your what's your pro my pro artwork mm-hmm. um i did like the way the story moved this is a very quick story two issues bam done i did like the fact that when he went to night nurse he was insistent on 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 paying yeah that was good um i i did like that uh a little upset with the whole Guy grabbing a guy by the throat, throwing him against the wall. My other big issue... Just Paladin, though. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let's go. Uh, my other giant issue with this story, Jonah. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about every... You know, pussyfooting around, everything changes. Ordering the execution of a supervillain. Now, don't get me wrong. I live in Texas. We have an express lane for the execution chamber. But um, I have a problem with a mayor who really has no power in the state affairs saying, you need to kill this dude. Um, he has a, he has control over the over the police and everything like that, but he's, 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 he's basically endorsing murder and becoming no different than the person that just killed his, his, his wife. So I know it's not a rational thing. He's not supposed to behave rationally, but it's illegal. The death penalty has been outlawed in New York State, and if it's supposed to be like the world, like we look out outside, well, to me, Zach, think think of it this way: this is the guy that, as the editor of a newspaper, commissioned things to kill a superhero. Yeah. When somebody okay. kills his wife, don't you think he's going to go a little bit off the deep end? He created the scorpion suit to go kill some guy swinging webs. Commission the spider slayers, too. Yeah. The fact that he's asking somebody to kill a murderer is is way in character. Okay. It just, I don't know. I 
I had it, it, it bugged me. That was a big thing that bugged okay. me. Okay. What's your grade? Uh, my my grade is going to be. I'm going to give it a C. Okay. To be fair, give it a C. It was it was just even though I gave it a lot of a lot of cons, it didn't offend me. <laughs> It didn't. It, I mean, it wasn't. It was well written. It just I had issues with what was being written. Yeah. Okay. My grade. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Uh, I like seeing Spider-Man uh, a bit out of his element a bit in the fact that uh, he's trying to go without his spider sense. I thought the the crash into the police car was powerful, and I I thought. It was neat how he's taking responsibility for, I could pay for that. Oh, let me pay you, Night Nurse. I can pay for that. I like that responsibility. That's in character, I thought. Uh, I also, I disagree with Zach in the matter of J- Jameson. I, I pretty much think that is in character for him to want to kill somebody. And to say it to a kid really drills home the point that he's knucking futs. So, <laughs> a little bit. See, I didn't cuss. Um, <laughs> Kevin uh, broke that rule earlier. Yeah, it's all right. He, he, anyway, um, it, was, it was warranted. The con, I don't really dig the suit. I don't like the visual of the suit, but I dig the artwork. And my other con is I don't really give a damn about this guy because he probably, unless uh, Slot really has it, likes him a lot. I don't think we're ever going to see him again. I'd be surprised if we did. I, uh, yeah. He worked well for this story. Well, I take that back. How it. how are we going to see him again? He died at the end. No, he oh, didn't. No, he didn't. No, I, said, I said no one dies, not even you. So I thought that that was a see, nice responsibility aspect of Peter. I thought he was going to die, and I thought that would have been a poignant end to this particular story, but I can I can see it from this side, too. So, um, B-plus on me, killed him. it just... Reiterates his responsibility to others. What I liked. Okay, uh, that was four. Po- how many? Five positive reviews and and one negative. Is that true? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to add. Think, yeah. uh, usually, I uh, I just wanted to address something that Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I, about being on Jonah. Uh, you know, I even think Robbie would handle it a little more diplomatically. Maybe. I I, I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I was almost getting context or maybe inventing from the context this probably wasn't the first time jonah robbie was something to this you know he'd probably done it more than once and robbie is just telling him jonah stop you know mm-hmm. just stop um and robbie's one of the few people who can tell jonah something directly so uh, that's all that's all i wanted to say uh See, if i had gotten that context from it i would have been okay but it, i think it was just the way it started with that what uh, it's just that that seemed really wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, our second and final review of the books this month is Amazing 657. This one's called Torch Song, written by Dan Slott, uh, art by Marcus Martin, Ty Templeton, Nuno Plotti, and Stefano Caselli. Basically, it's a, a bit of a flashback remembering the times with uh, Johnny Storm uh, and Spidey since uh, Johnny passed away. Uh, who should we start with? Uh, who wants to go first? I'm I'll go f- first. All right, hit it. I'm going to give this an A+. Okay. Okay, now, I, I, I was really hard on the last issue. This issue comes out, and I'm like, hmm, uh, yeah. This, is, this was a great issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, probably the best issue this year. 
I'm just going to go on a limb and say so far. Uh, the artwork was great uh, throughout. Ty Templeton needs to do more Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. He's the guy that did the Human Torch miniseries, and I, I absolutely love the artwork back then. Still love the artwork now. Um, lots of humorous moments with Johnny. It was a very poignant look back. You got uh, <laughs> Johnny uh, doing flame on on his back and then sunburning it to where it, that's all it's, it's uh, not sunburned. Um, you got <laughs> Ben who's trying to relax and, and, uh, they pull a prank on each other, on, uh, on Ben with a mud monster. You got, uh, the awesome, awesomely hilarious story with Sue Storm where she, uh, pantses everybody from the wizard to, uh, <laughs> have three quarters of the frightful four, put it that way. Um, to the, uh, to the story with Reed, Reed, Johnny, and, and, and Spidey, where, um, they go find a green supernova where you have, that's a green star. I call it the Banner Nova. <laughs> After our friend Bruce, for the obvious yeah. reason, of course. I mean, that was just, that was fun. It, this issue was pure, this was, this is what I want to read every month with Dan Slot. This issue. Um, fun, adventure high concept. Uh, now there's another issue coming pretty quick with, uh, with the Fantastic Four, um, that, uh, has him actually w- with the Future Foundation. Uh, my only kind of, my only kind of, uh, con is the way Ben acts in Future Foundation, number one. And Amazing Spider-Man 657, it's a little inconsistent. Um, but other than that, uh, I think that this was probably the slot's best issue, so I'm going to give it A+. Okay. I think uh, Zach and I are turning to what Kevin and I used to be, because <laughs> I, I totally disagree with your review. But really? I'll, I'll hit up my review at the end like I usually do. Kevin, what do you think, sir? Uh, I thought it was serviceable. Um I'm turning into I Kevin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My God. The wet blanket on the proceedings, but I mean, it, it did its job. But uh, it, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really conjure up any feelings in me like I felt like it should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little too saccharine at certain points, like, oh, I'm going to be your brother from now on. Oh, I'm your sister. Oh, I'm the father figure, which is just creepy if my wife's your sister. Um, and And I didn't... The second uh, flashback artist, I think it was Nuno something. The anime-ish uh, one? Yeah, didn't care for that at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I mean, it was it was there to do a specific job to eulogize Johnny, and it kind of worked on that level. I just thought it was a little bit too on the saccharine side, and not all the art worked perfectly. My favorite was Stefano Caselli always does a great job on the art in this book, and that story I thought was the best, too. Um but overall, I'm gonna give it a B minus. Would you trade? Would you trade Ty Templeton for Humberto Ramos, though? Uh, Ty Templeton did the first flashback story in this one. Yes. No. Uh, no, I, I think I liked what Ramos did recently better. Yeah. Me too. Really? See, yeah. I, I I just feel like that Ty Templeton has has very much a old school Romita feel to it. I don't know. See, I would take what Caselli has been doing over any other artist that's been on well, lately. Yeah, but, I, I, 
I, I won't disagree. But no, I actually, I actually liked what what Ramos did in the recent story. So uh, I liked it better. I thought Templeton in this. I think we were all shocked by Ramos. I <laughs> yeah, I'm not real familiar with Templeton, but I thought what he did on this was much like the issue, serviceable. Yeah, nothing more. What's your grade, sir? B minus. Okay, uh, Jr. Well, I have to uh, to confess to being a little disappointed with this uh, for reasons. Uh, I think Mr. Bailey uh, may have hit this up in his review uh, because we know the torch is coming back. Yeah. Um, and even though I know that you're supposed to look at the story, you know, self-contained as a story, to me it just didn't have the meaning it should have because we know he's coming back and sooner than later. So a lot of the emotional impact was just undercut for me. Uh, second of all, um, I wish there had been a serious story. I mean, I understand that, like, you know, a large part of their Spidey and Johnny's relationship was, you know, them pranking each other or just, you know, generally acting like a couple of goofballs, you know, and that's always fun to read. Uh, but I wish that one of the stories had been a little more, that the flashbacks had been a little more serious were, you know, like one time where, like, they really came through for each other. You know, yeah. like Slot's original miniseries, even though that was largely funny, there was uh, there was a, mo- a moment where they were um, Spidey and Johnny were working on the Spider-Mobile, and Spidey's telling you know kind of alluding to Gwen Stacy's death, and uh, you know how he really appreciated Johnny letting him come over, and and Johnny says, well, sure, you can come over and we can talk like this anytime, yeah. you know, and uh, and then Spidey goes, you know, oh that's cool, you know, and then they start working on the car again, nothing modeling, but just, I wish there had been something like that, you know, where 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 they really, you know, Spidey was remembering a time where Johnny really had his back, um, so as a result of those two things, I'm, I'm going to have to give this a C. Um, I, I do. I, I did actually, you know, like the little Kirby. There's a, a portrait of the Fantastic Four hanging on the wall mm. that you see, mm-hmm. and it's very Kirby-esque looking. And I kind of like that. So, um, yeah. but but overall, I give it a C. One thing uh, the previous uh, Zach and Kevin Jr. You didn't hit up, but I was confused at the end of it. I want to see if you guys were con- too. The hologram says, Pete, I, if I have to die, I want you to take my place. And so they all put their hands on each other, and the very last panel is, ha, gotcha. I took that as, yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't want you to take my place. Is that, why, why am I confused by no, that? No, I think he, uh, I think he just meant he surprised him. He finally surprised him. Finally took him by surprise. Well, uh, I, 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 I think it was just revealing that that's really Norman, I mean, uh, Harry Osborne doing the hologram. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> but when you say gotcha, doesn't that mean like I'm just kidding? I gotcha. I was just that. Well, me on, on a. Um, I mean, you could take it either way, like like what you've taken it, Brad, or if you. Um, it's like we finally got you in the group. It's about time. Well, I just I really didn't take it that way. But anyway, uh, let's because see. Earlier in the in one of the flashbacks in the camping one, mm-hmm. uh, he shot a fireball at him. And and said, "Gotcha!" And he's leaping out of the way, going, "No, you can't get me. Nobody can ever get me with my senses." Well, this time he says, "Gotcha," because he actually did take him by surprise. Oh. Okay, I just read that wrong. Stella, what do you think of this one? Well, gee, maybe I should rethink Zach's offer of marriage. You know, we just agree so much on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, 
Was there a proposal I missed? Kittens. Okay. Uh, well, I, I thought it was. Did, a I, really did good I propose issue. drunk again? That is the. No, you're the second girl in a month that I've done Most that to. I'm so sorry. Don't propose dial. I mean, good grief. I don't even know. Well, no, I, I only have to be gone for a month for it to forget all about me. <laughs> That's not true. I'm making all the across the country. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Really okay, the, I thought really strong writing. Uh, I thought it was nice to revisit some past stories, whether or not they really occurred, you know, in the past. Um, I thought it was nice to have the art in the, you know, the quote present all be consist- consistent to have something that would tie it all together and then have different art pieces for each of the different stories. And then the will and testament at the end, I thought that was, that was pretty touching. But I do, I was a little confused with you, Brad, about that mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah. Uh, because I did think, wait, what does this mean that he's just kidding and he's not really? But I, I guess yeah. the way that Kevin explained it, that, that does make sense. The con, I thought, you know, Spidey comes over here looking for sympathy, um, basically. For, and everyone's comforting him saying, you know, I know this is tough for you and, and you lose family. But shouldn't it be the other way around? It's them that lost a legitimate brother and team member that they've seen every day, you know, for however long, I don't know, 10 years in comic time. So I just thought that was really strange. Like he was kind of being selfish, looking for all this sympathy when he should well, have been giving that to them. I will, I will argue this. With the, with the way the Marvel Universe is set up right now, better than anybody, the Fantastic Four know how much Peter's gone through. So I think... Yeah, he was looking for sympathy, but you know he wasn't there when for the funeral and everything. I guess I, I haven't read that issue of Fantastic Four, but kind of it, it makes sense to me at least that he would he would go over there and he'd be like, you know what, I'm sorry I wasn't there. I miss him too. You know, I was like, I, I think he actually says, I know you guys miss him, but I kind of miss the poor guy too. You know, go ahead, Stella. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that argument as well. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, I would also give it an A+, and I would mm. also, I guess, wow. say... <laughs> I would also say that it's probably one of the best Spider-Man-related books that I have read this year. Mm. So, Mr. Bailey. I felt nothing from this issue. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, uh, I took a blow to the head. And it severed some nerves right there. In the, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well we'll played. Call, we'll call call you cousin Michael. Yeah. <laughs> the sh- the shitter but, was full. <laughs> well, every time Rachel revs up the microwave, I piss my pants and forget who I am for a half hour. So there you go. The um, like Jr. said, and, and what I kind of went into in my review is that you know death in the Marvel universe means that means Jack at this point. Even a poignant, like, you know, like full-on heroic death really doesn't have the same impact because they've brought so many characters back and have made it kind of a, you know, it's almost like, oh, you died. You know, it's DC did it best when the Martian Manhunter died during Final Crisis. During his funeral, Spider, I mean, Superman says, we we pray for a speedy resurrection. I mean, (laughs) so. Nice. So, you know, it, it, it. I understand where the heart of this story was, yeah. um, and I understand that 
you know, Slot wanted to tell some goofy stories because everyone's, you know, broken up over uh, Johnny Storm's death. And I know some people who read FF that are legitimately, like, like we're, we're touched by that story, and that's great. But I don't read that title, and I don't have that emotional connection. So Slot kind of failed in on this one to grab a reader who doesn't read the Fantastic Four and make them, like, give a crap about Spider-Man and Johnny's relationship. To, to Slot, well, you should just know. You know, I, I, I don't have to write about what great people they are together. You know, you should have read my miniseries, and then this, this, this issue would make a whole lot more sense to you. Um, the artwork, you know, the, the different artwork was, um, was decent. Um, the only other problem I have is that I don't think Spider-Man works well on cosmic stories. Yeah. He's not that type of character. Even though he has superpowers and fights dudes dressed like Scorpion and Shockers, um, which is an interesting animal in the wild, um, he, he's a street-level character, and to put him in, you know, as smart as Peter is to put him in a cosmic setting, it never feels right. It's like when Batman's in space, who gives a crap? You know, that, that, that's not where Batman does his thing. And well, when, when Batman's in space, he uh, makes everybody tremble. <laughs> but uh, and he can breathe there apparently. Um, the uh, so the the positive though is that it was uh, I see where Slot was going, uh, and it wasn't an unenjoyable read. I just didn't really care all that much about it, and I got to give it a C because kind of on a technical level it was okay, but it's just not something I liked. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a D. Uh, the pro, I love the uh, very, uh, what was it? I guess the second page where it was an homage to Amazing Spider-Man number one where he, I got caught in that little glass tube. I, uh, that was kind of cute. Uh, I really, I like the Human Torch and I like Spider-Man. I don't know why I didn't like this. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, it, it, it was just... It wasn't an issue of Amazing Spider-Man. It didn't feel like an issue of Amazing Spider-Man. It felt like like an Amazing Spider-Man extra issue, or maybe a like a bunch of backup annual stories plopped together. Uh, it was it. Uh, I didn't really like any of the the homages to the past. I didn't. I agree with Michael. I don't like Spider-Man in space, even though the banner green thing was kind of cool, uh, kind of witty. I don't like anime artwork, uh, so that kind of took me out of that story. And it was just too. I don't know. I just did not feel this one at all. And there was nothing progressive for our hero in his regular world. I mean, this is setting up another book which is the FF number one or whatever. This isn't, this didn't have oh. Jonah, it didn't have Mary Jane, it didn't have his supporting cast, etc. And the, the, what really threw me off was the gotcha at the end. I'm like, I, I, I just totally read that wrong. It just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So, D out of me. And so much for people saying I'm always the most positive one of the group. <laughs> so what do we got? We've got Jr. had a C, I had a D, Kevin gave a B minus, Zach was an A, Stella was an plus. A. Oh, sorry, A plus, and Bailey had a C. So that gang was pretty <laughs> broad spectrum. Yeah. Okay, uh, wasn't it? 
All yeah. over the board, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a good representation of, of the... Mm-hmm. You got... I mean, because <clears throat> I swear to God, I, I was being possessed by Gerard during that entire review. Uh, yep. Because he gave it five out of five stars. Yep. And then I subsequently got in an argument with Steve Wacker somewhere. I don't remember. Who knows? <laughs> well, um, it must have been a Tuesday. Yeah, it must have been a Tuesday, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. But, oh, but Brad, I... Yeah. Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter your point with it set, setting up the whole FF number one. Okay. With Peter joining the Fantastic Four in that book, mm-hmm. it act, absolutely affects the Amazing Spider-Man. This is Slot's way of doing that because in in I think it's a month, saw, I, I think it's the next issue. Isn't he about to do an entire arc about that though? <sighs> yeah, no, he's going to do it. Doing it. But he's got Spider Island when he's with the Avengers too. Well, yeah, I, I mean... I should buy he, the Avengers of Spider-Man. I should buy Fantastic Four with him in there if I want to. I will not buy in Spider-Man. Damn it. <laughs> I want just him. It well, maybe well, the Jackal he, coming back is an indication that all these ones on all these three or four different teams are actually clones. Well, that could explain it. <laughs> that could explain well, it. And I hope none of them are Ben Riley because I don't expect them to handle Ben Riley properly. Well, I know that's that's, a, that's a, I, I I see where you're coming from, Zach. And if this would have been like the first time something like that had been checked in the Spider-Man titles, but that's pretty. We've we've had one full arc and one two-parter where we just get a Spider-Man story. Otherwise, it's Spider-Man with the Avengers coming to bail him out. Marvel team and, up. And now, yeah, it's it's, it's you know, and, it's, or it's, it's 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 now the Fantastic Four. I want to read Spider-Man. Yep. In Amazing Spider-Man, I want to read about his supporting characters. I want to read about his villains. If I want to read Future Foundation, I'll go pick up FS1. And we'll wrap up the show right about there. We'll be back in a few days to answer your message board questions. But before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for sponsoring this show each and every month. An example of the great prices is on Ultimate Spider-Man number 160. This one doesn't have a description, but it allegedly wraps up the death of Spider-Man's storyline. It also has a 1990s-style poly bag to hide the cover. Just like Spider-Man number one by McFarlane back in the day. Well, the cover price for this one, $3.99. Mail Order Comics has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.